G'day punters, we're back for another episode of Trash Talk and I'll tell you what, we are entering an unprecedented mm. time not only in the world but in the sports world especially. The NBL continues to roll on, the AFL, NRL, everything else seems to be ceasing. But you know what? The NBL has remained strong and all i got to say is thank God this did not happen at the beginning of the NBL season because a lot of people will be out of work and there may be no league from then on. You've got to remember oh. the financial repercussions for the AFL and the NRL. They will most likely get government payouts, stimulus packages to continue. The A-League, another one that is lucky to be on the back end of this. Mm. If this had have happened at the start of the NBL season, then I know Larry's got deep pockets, but he's also got a business to run. Yeah, It would have been catastrophic, to say the least. Well, there's, there's that to think about. There's the fact that we still have potentially two games to go. There's all this. There's so much. That I love it how we have to say in the middle of a grand final series, we potentially have games to go. Like what yeah. a, a social situation we're in mm. that that's even a comprehensive. Well, we're going to touch on all that. But yeah, we are in it. We're not going to touch on it. We're no. Because <laughs> there's no elbow, touching. We're going to elbow. We're going to elbow tap every issue that is yes. currently going on in yes. the league. And we'll start off. We, just we, to we'll, let people know, we're actually not sitting at a desk. We're actually, we're on the other side of the room. We're on the other side of the room. It's also a video podcast here. It's a vodcast, so they might be able to find that one out themselves. Let's start off with the basketball, though. We'll get into everything Mm. later. Home court at the moment means jack shit. 100%. It it almost seemed like that. It it looked like Perth had got the advantage there. You have the home. We all had Perth winning that game too easily. Yeah. Nada, no fans, jungle's empty, and credit to Sydney. They came in and they played good basketball, and it was a good game. Mm. It wasn't a bad game by any stretch. It was weird with no fans, but it was a great basketball match. And Sydney came out on top. We move over to game three. Perth just come in and put it on a defensive clinic, right on the offensive end, but fixed their issues defensively. It looks like Gleeson made the right adjustments. Just like Weaver made the right adjustments in game two, Gleeson came and pulled out the trump card and made those adjustments in game three. Well, when they came out and did a triangle in two, the Kings against Perth over there, smartest thing. Throw something different that they weren't probably expecting. Would you ever expect in a grand final series of the NBA, we're seeing a triangle in two, with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I could and it worked. But then you have time to be able to quickly add some plays and to try and disrupt that, and also get Nick K to be like, "Hey, Nick, you're actually shooting pretty well on the year. Just shoot a few more." And he just erupted in game three. Is there going to be a point where Sydney realised that Nick K? Like, I understand the chopwood theory. You keep coming into the games doing what you do mm. best. But this dude can shoot the ball, and they seem to still be paying him absolutely no respect from the three-point because line. Because if you're in a triangle on two, you really can't because of the way it's set up. You're going to have the two bigs low, and Nick K likes floating around the top, so he's going to get those open ones all the time. I'll tell you what, Pete, it's going to be a triangle and lose if you keep that up. That's, are you right? That's a that's, shocker. That's, that's uh, terrible. That's, that's worse than Corona right there. Um, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, home court means absolutely nothing, and we've seen that. But I, having said that, this is going to be – um, a massive week leading into hopefully we can still get this game on Friday. And Bryce Cotton, he is just... We'll touch on that a bit because we've got the polar opposites here. And, and, and I'm going to touch on later on the podcast on how I think Casper's play. We'll jump mm. to Casper first. Casper, and I've said this at the start of the season. You did. I've said it all throughout the season. I said it at the start of the finals. Casper is not a big game player by any stretch. And he has proved that here by being virtually... Red- and not even redundant. It has cost the Kings games. Mm. Has cost the Kings games. And I feel bad for guys like Weaver, Bogut, these guys here, because they are putting in their best effort that they can. And I'm not saying Casper's not putting in an effort, but you need to be held responsible. If you're going to talk and yell at the United coaching staff and Vince and all those guys after the game saying, you should have signed me, 
don't come out and lay this egg. It's not even an egg. An egg is giving it a compliment. <laughs> what is below an egg? There's nothing. It's a sperm. Wow. It's um, a dynasty. <laughs> And it's an embryo. It's an so I'm embryo. not even going to give it the confidence of being an egg. He has laid the one of the worst finals performances we have seen in the history of the NBL. What do you do here if you're the Kings? Because I sub him out. He's played 90 minutes so far. The second highest for the Kings is about 70 minutes. Why are you keeping? If you're keeping him on, okay. Right now, you look at the game. He's guarding Bryce Cotton, playing that sort of denial in the yeah. triangle and two. That ain't working. Mm. Bryce Cotton is lighting them up on the offensive end. He goes 0 for 10 from the three point line. Worse now. What on earth is he providing out there that Will Weaver keeps playing him these heavy, and not just heavy minutes, but heavy, heavy minutes? Do you start him and see if he's hit a couple or you bring him off the bench maybe like, yeah, a, you start like him. a mellow Trimble yeah, kind of Yeah, you start him. You yeah. start playing him halfway through the second quarter. Right, so he comes off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what – I don't know if that will happen, but I've seen obviously all the Sydney it, fans. It, it, look, it's bold. Sydney fans are asking for it as well. That I'm sure they want to see something change because, as you said, that game three – and Bryce just won, ran rampant. Well, Bryce Cotton is doing Bryce Cotton things. And I know Wertho's going to touch on his opinions on where Bryce Cotton stands in the rankings of all-time imports. I reckon he's – and we're going to touch on it later, but I reckon he's number one. And of I wasn't time. around. I reckon he's number one of all time. This guy is virtually unstoppable. You look at Perth's roster. That is not – okay, they've got Nick Cave, we'd say the best Australian. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, this is a team made up of role players. And I understand they have a great system, but Bryce Cotton is as elite as we are ever going to get in the NBL, and he deserves to be in the NBA right now. I agree with you. I'm, I'm as I said, I wasn't around to watch Leroy Loggins, all these guys. We'll touch on that later. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll touch on the Loggins stuff all later when Wertho okay. jumps in, but I, I, I find it very hard to see anything outside about, Bryce Cotton. You talk about Perth's makeover of their team. You're right. Like, Tariqo White's shown glimpses, but he hasn't done anything. He's a big-time player. He's, He's a clutch player. Yeah, and he... He's special. done in the right time like as he did last year in the final series as well. But besides that, and you look on the flip side for the Kings, Kev Lish has really played well this grand final series. Yep. Bogut's been awesome this grand final series. Newly stepped up as well. Cooks, Sean Bruce. The thing right there, Deshaun Tate's been good, but it's the Casper. And they can't seem to pick up his slack. And it's hard. Obviously, it's going to be hard because you need that guy. He is the, the ball's in his hands majority of the time. You need him to be able to deliver something. If you're 0 of 10, if you've got 10 assists, it kind of covers it up. Yeah. But you're not doing that <laughs> either. You're doing that at all. So there's if you something, cover it up on the defensive end, he ain't doing that. He's something, doing nothing Something's got to change. But on the, I mean, on the flip side, Perth, everything just, they've been here. They've done that. Well, let's talk about game four. Heading into that now, again, no fans. Sydney have already won in the jungle. Don't think it matters, to be honest. I think Perth, Perth wanted this. I think this. it matters. You cannot deny the ability, the influence that the fans have. If anything, oh, no, we no, saw no, it, sure. the influence on the fans sure. usually have on the refs. Maybe the players don't get affected, but Perth always get a whole lot more home calls because of the fans. And I'll tell you what, if I'm standing there in a green top refing that game, there's mm. 15,000. I lived in WA. I know what they're like. There's 15,000 WA faithful in the crowd. Yeah. Probably not trying to displease them too much. No, I'm talking of the. I don't think. I think Perth. This is what Perth wanted all year: a chance to win it on their home floor in That's front of zero fans. But they still are in their home. Like they go back to their yeah. families. They do all that. They have hopefully they, still remaining a 1.8 meter distance. Yeah, they, they go they to a so. bar one at a time and but celebrate. Will they be able to go to a bar by <laughs> that time, time rolls around? <laughs> yeah, maybe one at a time. Um, they're going to go home. They're going to sit in isolation. And put a ring on their finger. Crack open a few beers. No, the the ring won't be able to be made because I assume the rings are made in China and that ain't happening for a while. No, they're already back producing stuff. They're fine. Read the news. 
I'll read the, I watched Bloomberg at the uh, moment. We're trying to profit off this. Uh, but yeah, game four, I think Perth get it done. I think this is what they've wanted. They've been here. They've done that. They, a chance. Last year, they couldn't win it at home. So now they're like, we're still at home. Let's do it here. We've, we know how to win. We know what to do against these Kings. So they're going to have backup plans. Perth are going to come out. Casper's going to lay an egg. Bryce Cotton's going to go absolutely nuts. And Perth are the champions of the NBL. Order restored. All right. Well, there you go. And that's <laughs> end it. End of topic. <laughs> end of podcast. Cotton is going to slit the throat of the Kings and it's all over. Anyway, in play or out of bounds. Yep. Game four and five. Now, I'm in a strong position on this. Game four and five should have been moved forward. From all accounts, from the articles we've seen released, it seemed that the Wildcats wanted to have these games move forward. Starting on starting with game four on Wednesday. I, and saw I this. Game five was either on the Friday or Saturday. Move I, forward yeah. to avoid because we are waiting, playing a dangerous game, oh, waiting yeah. for the inevitable to happen, which is a player to contract the coronavirus or an official, and this whole thing is called off and there is an asterisk next to whoever they decide to give the championship to, which I assume right now would be Perth because they're one game ahead with home court advantage. But you think about... You're talking about player and official or something, but anyone doing like the stats or even the family member who's inside the stadium, if something comes up with them, they were there, maybe in Perth or whatever, then it's done as well. Just anyone who's in that vicinity. So I think the same. We need to get this done before the test can come back. Yeah, well. Which is Wednesday, if we're being realistic. And that's what every league, you can sugarcoat it all you want, but leagues are going to try to get these things done as quickly as possible before a test could come back. That's yeah. just how it is. Flatline, it's a financial decision. That's how it works. Yeah, I think it should be moved. But I only saw the article from the WA paper saying the Kings denied it for the rest of Bogan and Lish, which one I understand. It said the Kings denied the Kings denied to comment. Right. So there, and then I saw Olga. We've spoken on the Kings media band before, and maybe that was another instance of it. But for them to deny moving this thing forward, not a huge fan of it. So then, in their minds, they're thinking, well, if it does get cancelled, the season will be void. But right now they're down. You'd assume that the No, Kings- I don't think so. I don't, look, I have enough respect for the Kings where I don't think that they're looking at this saying, oh, no, we want this thing to be cancelled so it becomes void. No, I don't no. think any of that comes into thinking. I think the only reason they legitimately want this thing to be to wait until Friday because some of their major contributors yeah, are Kevin Lish yeah. and Andrew Bogut which makes sense. as much rest as possible because you don't want to be putting Bogut on a plane right after a game. And I can understand that yeah. from the Kings. I don't agree with it, but I understand the decision-making. I understand this. And I saw some stuff. Uh, Trev came out and said, well, you're going to put us on planes or like get us a private jet, which had been thrown around that they might do it if, if need be. Um, but then if I'm Perth, if I'm just like, well, you just won two in Sydney. Why don't you just turn around and say, we'll stay in Sydney. Sydney's got the highest case of it. I think they want to get out of Sydney as quickly as mm. possible. Part of that. But every it's all every We've single got to remember that with all this sort of stuff, and, and it's easy for us to throw stones and say this yeah. is wrong. They should be doing this with logistics issues. We have no, you know, dog in the fight. No, no. In, in that sense, we don't lose any money if, if no fans rock up. There's all this sort of thing that, that we have to take into account, mm. or that we don't have to take into account that the NBL does. There's logistics issues. Oh, it's be all of these things. Stadium availability. It'd be there's wild. so many things. It's so easy to sit here and tweet. Game four and five should be moved forward. But there's so many other things that we have to respect that this is an unprecedented time. So there's no wrong. There's no wrong or right decisions. Well, there there is a wrong decision, which would be to continue to play when someone's been. Infected yeah, with coronavirus, but no one's going to no go They've that already far said that, and that if that happens, it's not going to happen. But it's also like, yeah, you got to give um, some leeway because whatever decision the NBL make in an hour's time, saying, oh, this is what we're doing, it's all going ahead, in 30 minutes' time, it could be completely different because it's so fluid and so changing. So, that's the thing. And I hate the word fluid. The word fluid is one of the most disgusting. It's, it's up there with moist. But oh, the situation. I knew you were going to say oh, it too. This isn't an ASMR. It's such podcast. a moist time we're in. We're in a moist, moist time, I'll tell you what. But uh, that's what it is. It's yeah, fluid. It's a moist. It changes nonstop. We could wake up 
tomorrow. You could have a nap on the couch today and you wake up and the series is cancelled. Yeah. It's, it's how it is. We have to be prepared to not throw stones and, and cast blame. And, and that's what's going to happen at some point here when society gets angry. And I'm maybe looking at a bigger picture here. You want someone to blame. But the NBL is not going to be at all at fault. No, in they're doing, the, they're they've done doing so far. exactly what they have to do. They've put right every now. foot right so far. Yep. But anyway, let's catch up on our man over in quarantine in Bunbury. Oh. <laughs> Mark Worthington, I'm sure he's got some big opinions on this Bryce Cotton Loggins situation. With the coronavirus outbreak currently happening, I've decided to take myself up to far north Queensland, back to Cairns for a little bit of sunshine in my life, which means I also have a lot more downtime, which leads to more time on social media. And as I'm scrolling through the endless amounts of shit that Felix von Hoff posts on a daily basis now, one topic keeps coming up over and over again, which is, is Bryce Cotton the greatest import of all time? Well, let's get one thing straight. Bryce Cotton's not the greatest wildcat of all time. That honour goes to Ricky Grace. As a WA kid growing up watching the Wildcats, Ricky Grace was amazing. He made Paul Rogers an MVP. Put that into perspective. Paul Rogers was a very good player, but he wasn't an MVP player. And Ricky Grace served it up on a silver platter to him night in and night out for an entire year for him to be worth MVP. To me... That's a sign of the greatest of all time. Rick was able to do it all, win championships with the Wildcats and make his teammates better. Granted, they had a very, very good team back then as well. And if you look at the names, Bryce Cotton is up there with the Andrew Vlahoffs, the Scott Fishers, the James Crawfords, and even Tiny Pinder, even though they try to erase his name. But then if you look along across the league... The greatest import of all time is still Leroy Loggins. Leroy Loggins struck fear in the hearts of every fan, coach and player that he walked into that stadium. He will forever be the greatest import of all time. And while I'm not knocking Bryce Cotton at all, because I think he's an incredible player and a fantastic, fantastic asset for the league. We can't just shit on the league and its history because the NBL didn't start just 10 years ago. This has been going for a long time, and Leroy was a staple of the NBL. To me, Leroy Loggins is the greatest of all time, and it will take a couple more years of Bryce Cotton doing what he's been doing to knock him off his mantle. Well, tell you what, though, I'm not going to touch the tiny pender situation with a 10-foot pole. Nope. So we will leave that one out of it. Nope. (laughs) But I think he raises a point there when well, you're- he says that I, I reckon Bryce Cotton, and when I say is Bryce Cotton the best of all time, I am inferring that, yeah, okay, if you stop his career now, then yes, Loggins is the best of all yeah, time. Yeah. And, and I wasn't around to see Leroy Loggins play, but I have gone through the stats, and you can you can get a rough idea by the way people I talk about him. I spoke yeah, to Leroy Loggins. I spoke to Leroy Loggins on the NBA show, show. And he came out and he said, what conversation? He said he doesn't come close. Yeah, well, it's, it's easy to say that when your career's done. Bryce Cotton yeah. still has plenty of career to go, and he stays with the Wildcats. You've got to look at this at how many championships Bryce Cotton can potentially finish with. Right now, he's taking on arguably the most talented team roster-wise mm. we have ever seen in the NBL. And dominating. And dominating them. With a what I consider is a playing list that has a lot of role players on, even an ageing Damian Martin, mm. who currently works on the side as a real estate agent as well. So you've got to understand the position that Bryce Cotton is in. If they add another, him and Nick Kay are going to stay together. Yeah, that's I, I think that's almost certain. They both work off each other. We talk about that with Ricky Grace helping guys out. 
does the same thing. It, it, they open each other up, yeah. especially when Nick Kay's shooting like that and, and Steindl. <laughs> <laughs> Clean your mic. But we've still got plenty of time to see Bryce Cotton. So when I say Bryce Cotton is the best of all time, remember that I'm – and maybe I shouldn't be saying that. No, you shouldn't. But in good time, yeah. he will be. He will be considered when all said and done. It's like when people say, oh, LeBron's the greatest of all time. They've been saying that for yeah. years. They're saying that with foresight of what's going to happen and the trajectory he's on. Okay, but with that, because so much can happen, I think right now when we talk about today, right now, Leroy Loggins is the greatest import of all but time. As of right now, but yes. if Bryce continues, if Bryce has a small little drop on what he's done over the last couple of years, in the next three years, he's still probably going to be the greatest import of all time. Yeah. When he naturalizes, he can't take away from the fact of how unbelievably good. He come in, changed this league. He is incredible. He will be if he continues on, which we think he will. People have tried everything to try and stop him. The only thing I can see is the Kings doing a triangle and two with both guys on him. I reckon you need a sixth dude. That's probably the only way you probably can stop him. the only him. way you can do it. And just look how humble this dude is. I has anyone asked him his thoughts on the greatest of all time? I'd just love to hear his response. No, he'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, everyone's just real friendly in this That's league. That's pretty good. Think, yeah, That's that not wasn't bad. bad. That wasn't bad. No, but the, 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 the other aspect of this is that you look at the emotional connection to things. And Wurdo said at the start, when he was a kid in yeah. WA, growing up in WA, yeah, yeah. watching Ricky Grace, that sort of stuff. Right now, my prime NBL watching is, when I've been as most connected to the league is watching Bryce Cotton and watching him dominate. So I will always have that emotional connection to Bryce Cotton. Yeah. You look at DMAC, Darryl McDonald. Yeah, another one. Another guy yeah. where it's like I grew up watching Darryl McDonald yeah. dominate for the Melbourne Tigers, win championships, that sort of stuff. So there's always that emotional connection whenever these debates come up, and that's why they will never be solved. No. You look at the NBA. We had an era that grew up with Jordan. We had an era that grew up with Kobe and an era that grew up with LeBron. The Kobe and LeBron sort of crosses over, but there's emotional connection there. Mm. So you will never, people will never give up on that debate. Ever. So it is going to continue which is, going. Which is why you, you, if you take these debates and throw your stats to it, they're fun to be part of because you can. everyone has their own side. But what they did say, and I said it a couple of times on the NBL show, a bit wrong on SCN, that we we're talking about the greatest of all time. We are talking import, not the greatest of all time in the NBL. Who's been the greatest of all time in the NBL? It's got to be Gazy. How many championships did Gaze win? That's... I love Gazy, And here we talk about emotional connection. We love this dude. And he's one of the most likable I'd have to do more Yeah, you've got to get research. in your research. Because if, there, think... if we're talking emotional connection as well, then I have to go to Brett Ma. I grew up watching Brett Ma. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty. There's been plenty yeah. of great players. But anyway, let's get over to hot or cold. Adam Caporn, potentially oh. the new head coach of the Adelaide 36ers. Now, I came out on Twitter because a very trusted source within Adelaide... Mm. Mentioned to me that this is the where, and, and I said I said in the tweet, well, I, not in the original tweet, but in the comments, I said, this isn't by any means 100%. This isn't like, okay, this is being announced shortly. This is right now he is more than likely to become the head coach. And a lot of stuff that's come out after that as well, where people have done a little bit more digging. Phil Smythe approached to be a bit of a mentor. That would only make sense for a young coach. So it does, all the stuff going around does seem to correlate with the source that I got. It's sitting home going through Twitter obviously with everything that's going on in the world. To see your name come up so much last night. Oh, I've been loving it. Was something. I was coming at AFL 360. I was tweeting a Q&A. Like you do need a little break. I think your Twitter <laughs> needs a quarantine self-isolation. <laughs> but the, what sticks out here is hot because Josh Giddy going to Adelaide. This yeah. lines up. This lines up big time. And whether you put two and two together there real easily, I don't know. 
but that's that's something <laughs> right. Are you having a dodgy sauce? <laughs> that is that you are that is black and gold tomato sauce that you've used here. Um, but it, it lines up. We talked about getting a new coach. They want to rebuild or something. It does line up as that potential, uh, especially with Josh Giddy signing. I'll tell you why I like it, and I tweeted this as well as I have with any thought as I sit mm. on the couch during these quarantine times. But I like the idea of going for someone totally new. Yep. We said that young, last week, yeah. Because you look at the culture. If you want to make a commitment to rebuilding the culture and building it up into something that the Adelaide 36 fans deserve, yep. then I like the idea of going with a young coach. No, I'm going with a young, new, upstart guy. And I have a lot of respect for Capon, and I have a lot of respect for how he would run the culture at an NBL club. Yep. So I think that would be the right move. You can ask your questions about Capon's ability as a head coach because he hasn't has had crazy amount of, a crazy amount of success. Look, you look at the Emus and the under – I believe it was the under-17s, the under-19s didn't actually qualify. It, you, you can't read anything into, this, into the NBL1 coaching the AAS because that is a group of kids. They actually got some good wins. So I'd consider that season a success. Yep. I was trying to remember if they beat us. I don't think they did. No, they almost did. They took almost. it to us. <laughs> Josh Giddy scored about seven points in a minute on me. So I Their reckon fourth they, they, game they, in four days. Now yeah. that first game and they had fresh legs. <laughs> hey, it was a Sunday and I was heavily hungover. Yeah, so we're on, the same, we're on the same playing thing there. But I, I, I just reckon that Adam Capel would be yeah, a fantastic decision. I back you. I like it. Hot or cold, Nick K deserves a Boomers jersey in Tokyo. Now, let's just preface this. We're just assuming the Olympics is going ahead. That's, we're assuming the Olympics yeah. is going so ahead. So don't hit us with, oh, it's even if it goes ahead. Yeah. Yes. Because you need these guys, even if he sits on the bench, 9, 10, 11, 12, one of those, where you can throw him out. You need these guys as coaches you can just trust to go in there, not worry about certain stats, who's just going to go out there, play hard defense, box out, get rebounds, take charges. He ticks every box, and he's not going to complain about sitting on the bench. He's not going to complain about anything. He's a great teammate, and he does absolutely everything. All the one percenters, yes, tick. Is he the only Wildcat that will receive a Boomer's jersey? How during this whole time we're going through right now, how hard is it to naturalise? Is that what we're talking about? With I, I Bryce? think right now the government rule book is out the window. I think Bryce could just rock up at training camp and they and might just, just play. say you're a citizen mm, at the moment. Because that would be elite. He's another guy. We look at. We've had a bit of struggle. Stru- wow, are you a bit of is stuttering? A symptom of corona? I don't because know. I, I am positive if that is the case. Ollie, Ollie, <laughs> sanitizer. We've had trouble scoring the ball. Yeah. When Paddy Mills is out of the game, mm. Bryce Cotton's an elite scorer at the NBL level. He would be an elite scorer, in my opinion, at the FIBA level. Yeah. If he can get naturalised, I think he's proved himself this year that he is almost a must-have. When we talk about Paddy Mills is going to be even older, and he's playing well at the moment, and hopefully you know, some rest in the legs if this NBA season continues to be postponed well, I'm to think and eventually of, called off. Say Paddy going to the bench for a bit, Delhi obviously running the one, and then bringing Bryce in. You still have, you're right, that go-to scoring I like him guard. as a, f- a five, ten-minute punch guy. I'm Something sure, like yeah. that. Because it's look, he hasn't. I, I like to keep the reason we have a lot of success as the Boomers because we've had guys that have played together for a long time, yeah. and I want to continue. Well, to that's keep not like going to that. happen this. Time. Don't add too many guys into the into the mix, and if you are, use them as an X factor. I sort think of guy. And that's no disrespect to Bryce Cotton, but I'd like to see him used as an X factor type guy. I think we'll see a lot of fresh faces in the coming up in this Olympics because it's going ahead. We're putting the positive vibes out. Well, there. I'll tell you where there won't be fresh faces in the crowd. Okay, that one is going no I fans. Positive no vibes. What? You're not a boomer unless you play in the World Cup or the Olympics. Derek Rucker came out and tweeted, speaking of ex-NBL legends, Derek Rucker tweeted this one out. Uh, and, and look, it, it's, a, it's a reasonable argument. I think- unless, unless you compete in the highest event for that category, I can understand where he's coming from. Do I agree with it? 
No, not at all. No, I'm, I'm with all. you. I'm I consider cold. I consider them an Olympian. If you wear the Boomers jersey, if you wear the Boomers jersey in any sort of national competition, exhibition game, whatever, I consider you a Boomer. You have reached the national level. You are a Boomer. If you go to the Olympics, you are an Olympian. Yeah. You get to another level. Dane Pinot, Boomer. Chris Goulding, Olympian. Yeah. Carries a lot more weight yeah. being I, an Olympian. I hate agreeing with you because I see you on Twitter again and you had the same kind of... Words yeah, I didn't then. get the engagements that I did on my uh, AFL 360 tweet. No, but it's not an AFL podcast, mate. <laughs> AFL's got plenty of time to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't like it either because I think if you wear the green and gold, because you need players to fill these, to be able to get the Olympians, you need to have players represent Australia as boomers to qualify to give these guys a chance. Yeah. These guys like Dane Pino, Dane Pino knows he's not going to the Olympics. I don't think he's sitting at home being like, oh, I'm a chance. Or maybe he is. Maybe he's listening to this podcast and you've just shot down his dreams. Well, eventually, I'm, I'm talking about this year. Like, this, I don't think he's sitting there right now saying, oh, well, Bogues, he just had a bad game three. I'm a chance. Like, th- these guys know what they're doing Dave right Pino's now. currently sitting in quarantine because he just got back from Europe from his postseason trip. So. Oh, well, he can't even go to the Olympics anyway. <laughs> but hey, I, 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 it's cold. I'm with you. Hot or cold. The King season will be considered a failure if they don't win the championship. I think it's hot. Oh, just because well, it's not like you to have a controversial opinion about a team. Just because Mr. Of, sit on the fence, pick it up your ass, has just made a controversial take on an NBL team. That is my job. Let me say this because whether last week or the week before in the episode when you were going at the Kings for all the hot I think it was last week, yeah. where the way they carried on and all the yeah. stuff they've done all year Act off like the court, all that kind of stuff. I think it's built up for they had the record season that they need to win this thing now. They need to yeah. go ahead and win this thing with the roster they've got. Before all of that, I'm just going to talk about the roster they've got. They put this roster together. Probably Bogues last year, we think. We'd yeah. be safely... I'd safe. be very confident with that. Yeah, that this is it. They've thrown, put all the pieces together being like, we've got to win this right now. So I think if they don't get it done, then yeah, it, it, they'll definitely see it as a failure. But... This is one of the hottest ones we've ever had. If the Kings, after all the talk... Oh, you're ready to go. After all the talk this year, if you do not win this championship, mm. coronavirus or not... It is a total bust. A total bust. I'll tell you where it's not a bust. Off court. Oh, no. It's been you've huge done, for Sydney. You've done great. The Sydney have done an absolutely fantastic yeah. job of growing the game. Yeah. The, the ticket prices they've got going into next year, and, and I hope that this financial crisis we appear to be heading into, I'm not going to get my Bloomberg on here and talk about <laughs> that, but I hope that doesn't impact memberships and that stuff, which, you know, it most likely will. Mm. But they have put themselves in a fantastic position to begin fighting. We look at the A-League just going down by the minute. Mm. They have put themselves in a fantastic spot in the Sydney sporting landscape. And that is a credit to Paul Smith. Uh, I'm not exactly sure the name of the other owner. Did you just give credit to Paul Smith? Yeah, he's the owner of the buddy team. Yeah, well... I've got it. You're right, but I just... I'm glad. I will chop and I will dice. I will compliment (laughs) as well. Yes, nice. But when we talk about on... we, we, We talk about on court. It is a failed season on court if they yes. don't win the championship because of the roster they've put together. They've got a healthy team at the end of the year. You can't say injuries. You know, you can make excuses for teams when they have injuries that go along the way. They are healthy. Minus some Luca, Lucas Walker gastro, <laughs> the longest gastro on earth, they are ready to go. I'm going to throw – you said something in there early on in that little rant. <laughs> you said the regardless of whether it's a coronavirus asterisk against the – Throw that out the window. Unless these games get cancelled, this has been some high-quality basketball for each three games. I don't want to hear that shit from, oh, Perth win. Well, it's got an asterisk next to it. No, it doesn't. If these games go ahead, unless something gets called off, 
That championship is well and truly yeah. won. They've been won. They've been a great basketball from both sides. At the end of the day, it my is rant. decided yeah. on court. A little less than my rant, but I'll give you some, some credits for enthusiasm there. Mm. Hold it <laughs> cold. Has Weaver been outcoached by Gleason? I like Weaver, and we've both said it. It doesn't matter who you like. I like a lot of things. You still call yeah. them out when they're wrong. I think I think he has. I think just Trev's ability. I'll give Weaver thing. Weaver's adaption from game one to two was huge. Like to get throw that out there, and they went out there. They dominated them in Perth. What Trev did quickly from game two to three, and even like in game sometimes. There's a reason Trev's such an elite coach. See, here's my thing. Okay. I think Gleason. They came in with the better plan. Yeah. Perth. Punched him in the face. I think Weaver did a fantastic job of adjusting in game two. Without a doubt. Fantastic job. I think it was then Gleason's turn to adjust in game three. He did that. Yeah. Now it's Weaver's turn. So I'm not, I, I, I can't make a comment on who's no, coached better at the moment. No, you can sit on the fence. No, I can sit on the fence. You've sat on the fence all year. I will sit on this fence as much as I damn well please. Well, he's up 2-1, so you've got to give him... He's, he's had more opportunity to adjust. This is now Weaver's turn to adjust. So now if Weaver, if the Sydney Kings come out and dominate this game, put in a defensive effort, oh, fix their yeah, offensive struggles, you. then bang, yeah. all of a sudden. Fair I'll cool. tell you the other one where I don't want to say that Weaver's been outcoached. If Casper has remotely oh, a single decent game in yeah. this series, they're winning this. If Casper doesn't go 0 for 10 in that game, if he goes 1 for 10, hits that game winner in game one, they win that game. They're up 2-1. Well, Potentially, they could have won the series by now if Casper had have showed up. I read a lot of tweets and like social engagement, and people are saying then because he's been out coached because he's left Casper on during so many. There's times. There's an argument with that as well. Where you sit on that? There's an argument with that as well. But I think as a coach, you, you can't force it. What Casper's getting is good looks. Casper is shooting good shots. That's all you can ask as a coach. They say Lindsay Gates. Don't tell him to keep the shooting. Operation was yeah. a success, but the patient died. Yeah. That's what's happening right now in a lot of situations for Will Weaver. I don't think he's necessarily – some of his substitutions have been questionable. Very. Yes. But that, he's done it all year. He's but they done. have got good looks from Casper yeah. Ware and he has not put them in the hole. That is more of an indictment than what Weaver, Weaver's coaching. He's gotten Casper into those good positions. Yeah. Let, people have said that. I'm glad you brought that up. People said all year, even in this final series, when someone's rolling, they get taken out. Will Weaver's done this all year. It's the AFL sub Every success, they went from start to finish leading the top. He got it down packed. There's no need for him to change that now. I'll so tell you what the cool thing about that. finals is, the magnifying glasses on. Oh, yeah. Everything because we can sit here and do whatever. Nothing can, ah, do we, whatever. we can cast stones in this little glass house we sit in. Yes. NBA, mm. do you legitimately think the season will be back on at no. any point? No, I don't. I think this is how late America's reacted to all this kind of stuff. I think that the NBA will be done. I don't play without fans. Maybe, but I really, I feel like, as you said, we've seen in China and with the whole of the coronavirus thing, once it's reached its peak, it's got a little bit of a stable and then it will slowly come down the other side. But I don't think they're anywhere near that yet. And from what I've been reading, it's going to hit America a lot harder. No. <laughs> well, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. But I don't think it'll be back. My thing here, and the reason that I reckon the NBA, NBA will continue is because you are heading into an, an area where there is no sports on TV. Mm. No sports on team, no no competition for eyes. If the NBA can work its way, and they will roll with the standings as they've got them now. I don't think there's going to be too much debate over that. They'll say, look, emergency circumstance, we will roll with the standings we have now and head into the playoffs. You head into the playoffs in a practice facility somewhere, whether it's at the Team USA, I believe it's in Denver, I may be wrong with that one, Colorado, I think it's in Colorado, yeah. the Team USA practice facility. You run them all out of that perfectly for broadcast, the amount of money you can make via the eyes on that. It's what the NRL is trying to do at the moment. 
they see these sports folding left, right and centre, cancelling games. The NRL sees if we can get four or five games going to start the season, the eyes on those yeah. broadcasts will lead to so much money yeah. because there is nothing else to watch. I don't usually watch NRL. But you I'll will tell now. you what I'll be watching on Saturday night when there's nothing else on. Yeah. The well. Bulldogs versus the Rabbitohs, whoever the hell's playing. So yeah. you need to take advantage. And the NBA is looking at this saying, well, look, we have a sport where it's relatively – we can keep it pretty enclosed. Which is also why, by the way, the NBL needs like to have just Sydney and Perth both keep everything so tight over the next couple of days just to get this yeah. done because it's been a huge success. They need to get it fans. done. Look, too much has gone into this season yeah. for them not to be crowned a winner. But I would be very, very surprised if the NBA Who didn't knows? find a way. Well, We could all be in lockdown for months. You never know. And I'm not going to – Go fear-mongering on this thing. You just did. Well, our did. listeners are going yeah, to be well, toilet paper mad. I think my our, our listeners uh, realised not to take my uh, toilet paper. medical diagnosis or oh. social situation okay. diagnosis, not too seriously. Yeah. So I think we could be good there. But I'd be, I'd be shocked yeah. if the NBA didn't go to some sort of full broadcast format where they can make a huge amount of money and it ends up being each game is getting like Super Bowl-type viewership. And bets. That's what we're heading into. And bets. And hopefully bets. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're speaking of bets, where is your money heading this weekend? Perth. I think they've been there, done this so many times. They're just relishing a chance to be in their home state, I'll say, not in front yeah. of their fans, but just to be get it done, get it over and for. I'm going with Perth as well. And the ones I would have thrown in, the player markets aren't available at the moment for the graphic. Oh. But the thing that has been constant. Um, I'm different on I've this. come and I've said it on SEN. I've said it on Fox Sports. I've spread this gospel as far as I can scream it. Casper Ware unders, Bryce Cotton overs is the biggest lock in sports. If there's nothing you can trust right now, if you can't trust the government, you can't trust your neighbour to not cough on your damn doorknob, which would be weird if they did that. That's weird. That is weird, and I don't think my neighbour would do that. I'll put a... But that multi there of Casper overs... Casper unders! (laughs) Casper unders! That'd be a terribly funny... (laughs) Terribly lucrative slip of the tongue. Casper unders... And Bryce Cotton I'll put a four-pack four of two-ply, Quilton. Four-ply. Four, no, two-ply. I'm not that rich. Um, on Casper Overs. Casper Overs? I reckon you hear your Overs on Shake Friday. Shake on it. Elbows for people Elbows. not listening. Uh, we'll do uh, it. Couldn't even touch we'll it. There it. we go. We got a four pack of toilet paper. I'm saying Casper hits the unders. He's saying Casper hits the overs. Thank you for tuning in. No matter what, at the end of the day, remember this is all sport. It's very, very small on the social scale of everything that's going on at the moment. Wash your damn hands. Look after your neighbours. And stay home. Be respectful at the supermarket. Stay home. Do what you need. We'll see you next week.